0: Welcome back in Brady Farkas show right here on this Thursday on WDEV AM and FM and Wdevradio.com We're getting closer and closer to opening day Red Sox baseball at two and a half weeks from now or so. And joining us now to talk about all the excitement around your Boston Red Sox is our ESPN MLB insider and Randolph Center Vermont native Buster Olney. Buster, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah, looking forward to that first series Red Sox Yankees on that Sunday night. Uh, that'll be our first Sunday night broadcast uh, from Yankee Stadium.
0: I'm looking forward to it as well. It's going to be awesome to see the Sox and Yankees open up the year. You were in Red Sox camp a couple of times over the last week. We'll get to your experience there in a second. But last week, you called out high and bloom. It's actually one of the more harsh things I think I've heard you say in the five years I've been talking to you. You said, I wonder if he's basically got the chops, the aggressiveness for the Boston market. Does the Trevor story signing change your perspective from a week ago?
1: Yes, uh, they needed to do something. They had opportunities to do something. Uh, and and I, I still think when you, uh, you know, now that the dust has settled on the major moves, that the better move for the Red Sox uh, would have been Freddie Freeman. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, see where the numbers land on the dollars. But Trevor Story is an excellent addition. And obviously, uh, by getting him, you put him at second base, it improves your infield, it improves your everyday lineup. And it also puts in place a great safety net for 2023 and beyond in case Zander Bogart stops out of his contracts and lands with another team. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, And it was uh, great that besides time and besides Alex Kaur, that you had the the Red Sox players fully invested in the process of trying to recruit Trevor Story who really wants to win. From what I understand, uh, you know, Trevor had other opportunities. Like he had places he could go. Uh, but for teams that weren't necessarily going to contend and being on a contender was really important to them.
0: Yeah. Buster, it's, it's interesting the way you said that the Trevor story is a great safety net. So I guess if I had one question to ask Kyan bloom, I would ask him basically that, did you get Trevor story as great insurance in case Xander Bogarts leaves, or did you get Trevor story because you're not planning on Xander Bogarts being back and you don't care about that? That's the one question I would have for him.
1: Well, I think that you know because uh, we know that uh, Xander's in the midst of a contract that uh, is a team-friendly contract, considering where his offensive production is, and he's represented by Scott Boris. And if you look at the history of Boris players, you know Corey Seager being a great example of that. Uh, Carlos Correa just left the Minnesota, tw- uh, excuse me, the Houston Astros this time with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, if Xander Bogart goes out in the marketplace, then there's a good chance he's going to leave, and uh, you know we'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, how that goes, you know, they, they get Story as a backup plan. I think the one thing that's important to remember about Story, part of the reason that he was the last of the shortstops who was unsigned among these elite guys was because there was a lot of concern about his elbow among other teams. Uh, it's clear, if you look at the velocity of his throws last season, that there was an issue after May. And there were teams who looked into his background and thought, you know what? There's a chance in the years ahead that this is someone who might need Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. That's something we heard about uh, with Masahiro Tanaka for years. <laughs> you know, he had that partially, Tanaka that partially torn elbow ligament. He never blew out. You know, that that ticking time bomb never went off. Uh, and you hope, know, from the Red Sox perspective or Trevor Story's perspective, that's the case with him. But there was legitimate concern among other teams about uh you know how a story's elbow would hold up during the course of a long-term deal
0: you know buster i gotta give you a lot of credit i went through our sound archives and there it was december 23rd of 2021 day before christmas eve first off shout out to you coming off day before christmas eve and second off there was you saying the red Sox are a dark horse for trevor story so you'd been on this for three months already
1: and that was because what we heard a lot of was that the Red Sox quietly were doing a lot of background on infielders. Uh, and, you know, if if this had been something that they had done in November, maybe there would have been more time for them to talk to Xander Bogarts about a position change. But the way that it played out where Trevor, you know, winds up signing, uh, not, not long before the start of the season, I think it's the exact right thing to do. Leave Xander Bogaerts at shortstop. Leave Rafael Devers at third base. Have Trevor Story play second base. And there's no question that the perception of that position change from shortstop to second base has completely changed since they made those new rules against uh, you know base runners going into middle infielders at second base. The slide rule has changed that equation. It used to be the most difficult part of a transition anybody going to Mm. second base was how they would handle an oncoming runner. Well, that's not an issue anymore, as you know. Good point. Uh, A guy, you know, can now take a throw at second base with his back to the runner and be confident that he's not going to get run over in a way that uh, second baseman used to.
0: Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider, here with us on this Thursday on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Look, the Red Sox still have questions. They have questions in the bullpen, questions with Chris Sale's injury. So they're not a perfect team, but I, th- I think the story move makes them a lot better. You and I were talking in the commercial break. The Vegas over-unders on the Red Sox don't think very highly of them. So w- where do you think this team really projects after the addition of story?
1: Yeah, some of the over unders that we saw before the story mover about 85 and a half I personally think that's certainly low <laughs> uh, I, I think the you know the unseen part and here's the great part of what Hein bloom has done he is, he has added to the Red sox depth tremendously uh, I, I think they're in so much better position than they were two years ago in terms of being able to fill in gaps and, and able to have uh, you know, options in case of injuries. And that's why 85 and a half for a team that has improved depth and has Vander Bogarts and has Devers, uh, that feels really low to me. Uh, I don't know at this moment, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick the Blue Jays to win the division at this moment, you know, comparing the Red Sox to the Yankees, I think Boston's the second best team in the <laughs> division. Tampa Bay is always difficult. And I say this, you know, when we talk about their rotation, You've got Nathan Ivaldi. Uh, you know, two years ago, people were talking about how his contract was a bad deal. Well, to have Ivaldi now in 2022 on a one year deal before he has free agency at that salary, that's a great situation. Uh, you know, Tanner Houck, I-, I think it's someone who could have high impact on this team. He looks like he's got a ton of talent. Chris Dale, as Alex Kaur said last week, uh, the one good thing while he's got the stress fractures ripped, you feel good that when he does come back, His arm's in a good place. He'll be two years removed from Tommy John surgery. So I think their pitching is going to be better than what the general perception is.
0: You know, you were down in Red Sox camp and the big story that came out at the end of the week, and I don't, you weren't there at this point, but the big story that came down at the end of the week was that they had avoided an arbitration hearing with Raphael Devers. And I thought that was huge. We saw the damage done to the Red Sox relationship with Mookie Betts over that. Marcus Stroman in Toronto, Dylan Betances with the Yankees. Players do not like arbitration court hearings. So I think it's crucial the Red Sox didn't do that with Devers. Now the question is, when are they going to start talking to him about a long-term deal? Because that seems, if you, especially if you're banking on Bogarts leaving, Devers seems like a guy you cannot lose. So why haven't they spoken to him yet about that?
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they did bring it up, but we'll circle back to the same name. Who's his agent? Scott Boris. Mm. <laughs> who always takes his clients into free agency. Uh, I, and I, you know, it's interesting because Scott used to be a guy who regularly took his clients into arbitration. But in recent years, he has been uh, settling uh, before they get to arbitration cases, and I think that's what he did here. You know, and I think it's great for the player, right? You, you get a if you Rafael Devers, you get a great salary it, rather than have to and and you you land on that as opposed to sitting in an arbitration hearing and hearing the Red Sox run you down. I think it's good that they did that. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be difficult for them to reach a long term deal with Devers as it gets closer to free agency because he is going to be expensive, yeah. to see him and Juan Soto potentially in the same free agent class would be unbelievable in terms of the amount of money they make and Scott Boris make.
0: The vibe in Red Sox camp seems to be pretty optimistic. The Sox, you know, didn't lose their first spring training game until yesterday. You know, they were 6-0 and in the spring for whatever that's worth. So people are upbeat, people are happy, people are excited. Doesn't seem like it's that way at Yankees camp. What was your experience like at, uh, at the Steinbrenner Complex?
1: Yeah, the, look, the Yankee fans are up in arms because they feel like that while the Red Sox have made, you know, now with the story of big move, uh, you know, while the Blue Jays have made a big move trading for Matt Chapman after the growth of that team in the end of last season, there's a, are a lot of unhappy Yankee fans feeling like, great, our big move was, uh, you know, a deal that brings over 36-year-old Josh Donaldson. I, I would say this, while there's an, an unhappiness in talk radio about the Yankees' off season. Uh, especially when compared to the Mets across town who spent a lot of money. You know, the Yankees are quietly betting that their upgraded defense will make a significant difference. And I don't know if that's going to be the case, but there's no question. They'll be better at catcher now that Gary Sanchez has been moved on. Uh, they'll be better at shortstop. Isaiah kiner uh is going to be better defensively than what they've had. Having Glaber Torres at second base for a full season as opposed to switching late uh, you know, in the year as he did in 2021. That'll make a difference. They have a full year of Anthony Rizzo. That'll all help the pitching. I do think that, you know, that their bet on the, the defense is going to be decisive. Uh, whether or not you know, they actually get to you know, see as much improvement as they anticipate will have a lot to do is whether or not the Yankees
0: make the playoffs. You know, Buster, we get the CBA done two weeks ago, and now we've kind of got like an addendum in the CBA about a couple of rule yes. changes we're going to get for 2022 here. And one of them is bringing back that runner at second to start extra innings. I got to say, I consider myself a, a baseball purist and a baseball old soul. I thought I would hate it. I ended up liking it. However, why does it have to start in the 10th inning? Couldn't we play real baseball for the 10th and 11th and then go to this in the 12th hockey? He plays hockey for, you know, a bit, and then they go to the shootout. Couldn't we do that? Why does it have to be the 10th?
1: Well, and my colleague, Carl Ravich has talked to people, managers, who agree with you. You know, there's a feeling among some managers, look, uh, you know, play the 10th inning straight up and go to the ghost run in the 11th inning, the 12th inning, put runners at first and second. You know, 13th inning, load the bases if you need to at the start of it. Uh but, I, I, I look, I think it was inevitable that they were going to land on a ghost runner because at the team level, they don't like the extra innings, you know, the crazy 15-inning games. Among players, more and more, I, I heard conversations about from guys saying, I don't like standing out on the field for six hours on those nutty games that go 18 innings. Uh, and, and so I thought that was inevitable. And I would not be surprised. I actually tried to make phone calls on this this morning before I, I talked to you I would not at all be surprised if you see Major League Baseball Player Association revisits the seven inning doubleheader rule. Yeah. Uh, you know, for now they're saying any doubleheader would have nine innings. I know at the team level among players they like the seven inning doubleheaders. They don't like you know the idea of being out on a field for twelve hours. You know if you, you know if they especially if you go to a split doubleheader, uh, and so I would not be surprised if uh if there are more conversations about bringing that role back as well because it's got a lot of support within the game
0: buster i'll get you out of here on this quickly we talked about the red sox over under I, I know there was one over under you were feeling particularly that uh, was egregious which one was that
1: the baltimore orioles are they're over under is 62 and a half
0: definitely under.
1: you gotta go the under <laughs> because My goodness, 62 wins for the Orioles, 63 wins would be an 11-win improvement over last year. And their big moves of the offseason, signing Jordan Lyles, who had a 5-1-5 ERA last year with the Rangers, signing Robinson Torinos, great guy, uh, veteran backup catcher, 37 years old. They've done nothing, and the division around them has gotten better. What in in God's name (laughs) makes anybody think they're going to be 11 wins better than they were last year? As they go through another year of their tankathon, yeah, they. Could. I would bet the family farm back at Randolph Center on the under on this <laughs> on the Orioles.
0: Yeah, they could go you know twenty and in fifty six in the division. The division is so good. So Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider, Randolph Center, Vermont native. Hopefully the farm is still there for you in October, and you haven't lost it after that bet. But uh, <laughs> Buster, we'll talk to you in seven days, and we'll be closer. I believe yeah, next week when we talk, we will be in April, I believe, and uh, we'll be closer and closer to Opening Day.
1: That'll be fun. Thank you.